I'm Morgan. And I'm Sierra. And welcome to the Rockin' EQ. Welcome back to another episode of the Rockin' EQ. Today we are going to be talking about overcoming emotion to find reasoning and kind of finding that connection between where emotion and reason collide. To start, like one of the main things we're going to be talking about today is emotional hijacking. And we have some examples that we kind of want to go over to help give a better understanding of what an emotional hijacking is. Um, so the book specifically gives an example about a shark attack. I'm sure we can all relate to a shark attack. Especially here, we are located in Southeast Idaho. That happens all the time. Yes, our desert climate really tailors to the shark attacks. (laughs) So this is a good example to kind of understand the kind of that instinctual like why we have these emotions and kind of why emotional hijackings happen. So we'll talk about the example in the book because it it is a good explanation of kind of how that process goes. But then we're going to pull out some maybe more relatable examples that are maybe a little more realistic for the average person. So the book talks about, did they give him a name? Yeah, his name's Butch Connor. That sounds real. Okay, Butch Connor (laughs) is surfing one day, and he's out. He kind of wanders away from the rest of the surfers, right? He's alone out in the ocean. He finds the perfect wave, and then what happens? Splash! Big shark fin, and of course, it's a gigantic great white shark because it's never an average or mediocre great white shark. It's It's always a big one. Big shark. So... And he's trying to figure out what to do. At first, he's paralyzed by fear, right? That's the first reaction. That's the emotional hijacking. That's where emotions take over. He's paralyzed by fear, doesn't know what to do. And then... And then I'm pretty sure the shark... shark, Yeah, the shark... I think he tries to... I don't... Because he never actually gets bit in in the book. But what I think happens is I think the shark launches himself up out of the water to go to grab a bite from him. And he kind of ends up on the nose of the shark, right? And that flips him. Yep, and that flips him over. Because he goes to bite and he ends up, like, his leg on top of the shark. So so he gets missed. And it flips him into the water. So then he winds up um, in the water with the shark with nothing but his surfboard between him and the shark. So he's... He's, he's here, he's, he's got the surfboard between him, and then he has another but different emotional hijacking where he gets ticked off. Oh, he's pissed. He's, like, that adrenaline's kicked in, and he's pissed off, and the shark makes a move towards him again, and he jabs him in the gills with the surfboard as an angry emotional reaction. Yep. Which was probably a life-saving thing, so that is a, a situation, like, where emotions help us. That's, like, an instinctual... That... That anger is a really good example of having those instinct reactions that we have. It's kind of, you could almost call it like a gut feeling that winds up being. In this case, life-saving. Yeah. It's kind of, it's like that fight or flight that Mm -hmm. kicks in and it's, it's a survival instinct. Absolutely. And so then at some point, he's able to kind of take over and find some reasoning and make his way to shore 
Because he ends up getting getting control of his emotions. It's exactly what it is. Is he winds up calming down enough? Because if because he talks himself through it, like he, he really does. Because his mind starts racing as he's thinking about he's got kids and he has a girlfriend, and he's like, "What are they gonna do without me?" And it's I think in that moment that he realizes that if he wants mm-hmm. to get out of this, he needs to calm down. And so that's he does he he basically like brings himself in and is like, you need to calm down and tells himself to calm down. And the cool thing about the way our bodies work is is we can respond to that. Our limbic system and our cerebral cortex work hand in hand. And so they influence each other, which is, I guess, a good segue into our next topic that, that we want to talk about. So I guess just real quick though. So basically an emotional hijacking is where you have really really um what's the word i'm looking for strong emotions that are generated for a long amount of time so you wind up having these really really intense emotions and those intense emotions are all of a sudden the decision makers yeah and so your emotions take over your actions, and that's why it's called an emotional hijacking. Yeah, that's a good. They do become the decision makers, and that's generally not ideal. We don't want our emotions to be making decisions. The vast majority of the time, that's not, in fact, helpful. No, not usually. Um, I think here would be a good point to have an example of unhelpful but relatable emotional hijacking. Okay, so we we were talking about this earlier today. We were like, okay, I think it's important that we come up with some other examples other than the shark story, right? Well, earlier this evening, we went to, I have three little brothers, and we all grew up playing sports, and it was, we went to one of my little brother's basketball games. It's a high school game, and about halfway through the game, I looked at Morgan, and I went, this is a perfect example Uh, And it was a very, let me, I'm just going to preface this a little bit. It was a very, very intense, aggressive game. There was all sorts of yelling from both, like, both teams' crowds. And it was just back and forth and back and forth. And it was a, it was a scrappy game. People were raging. The red was being seen. Like, people were pissed off. And in the middle of this game, I turned to Morgan and I was like, you know, this is a great example of an emotional hijacking because, and I think it, it goes for everything beyond just high school sports, but all kinds of sports. How many of you have been to a sporting event or participated in a sport or you watch the Super Bowl that's coming up and you're jumping up and down, screaming at the TV, you're a hooting and hollering, cheering and and everything from rooting for your team to cursing the other team. And those are, those can be emotional hijackings because you get very into the moment and very <laughs> heated. Because, you know, when it's just jumping and hooting and hollering, that's fine. But when it's blowing up in a ref's face or blowing up in a player's face, oh, it yeah. turns into quite the kerfuffle. <laughs> that's when, a kerfuffle, I like <laughs> that word. <laughs> um, that's when it becomes that when hijacking. When, when you, people are getting so mad that they're thrown out of games or... um. And sometimes they can, you can have, I wasn't planning on talking, bringing this up, but you can have like large groups turn into like mass emotional hijackings, like where 
a sports team loses or wins and you have riots and cars being burned what game was that i don't even know i, I don't rem i have no oh, idea what you're even talking about i i might be so off i i want to say it was a pittsburgh game and i don't remember Are you the serious? context but like cars were being flipped over like people were loot like it's it's one of those things where it what? got so out of control and how did I miss this? Is this like this recent? is a long no, no oh, okay. a long time ago. I was like, how the heck have I not seen a peep of this on social media? It was it was an example in one of my counseling classes. I cannot think of the rest of the context <laughs> other than like basically the it point was bad. that like it was bad. You can have mass emotional. Well people we can feed we feed off, of, off each of each other's emotions. Absolutely. So let's kind of talk about, I mean, that's, that might be a, an example that's a little bit easier for people to relate to other than the shark, but let's talk about why. So why do we feed off of emotions? Like why, why is an emotional response the very, very first thing? And this is like, you do such a good job explaining this. You have a really good understanding. And so I'm excited because I just get to shut up. And listen to you walk through this with okay. everybody. I am. Ex I love this stuff. I find it so interesting. Okay, so we have all of the sensory information around us, right? Everything that we see, everything that we hear, we feel, smell, the whole shebang. All of that information, our sensory system compiles. It sends up through our. Basically, our spinal cord is a highway that all of this information goes up. Yes. Yes. So it travels up our spinal cord highway and the first place that it enters when it comes into our brain is called the limbic system the limbic system is the emotional center of our brain and so the the limbic system is made up of lots of different parts and pieces like your amygdala, amygdala and your hypothalamus there's lots of different pieces in there but for simplicity's sake we're just going to call it the limbic system that's where all of all of that information, the first place it goes is through your limbic system. So before anything else happens, an emotion happens. An emotion is triggered. Yes. That is the way our brain is wired. Um, we could get way, way into the nitty gritty and I'm not going to. But the first thing that we do is we have an emotional response. It goes through our limbic system. From there, it travels to our cerebral cortex, which is essentially the reasoning center of our brain. And so it travels spinal cord, limbic system, right? Spinal cord, emotional center, reasoning center. So before we even have a chance to reason through things, we've already had a emotional response, whether we realize it or not, we start with an emotion. Because of that, our emotions, that limbic system and the cerebral cortex, our reasoning system, they communicate together. Like it's not just linear. It's not point A to point B to point C. It is, if only the brain was that simple, but it is not. <laughs> B and C are in constant communication, right? So your limbic system and your cerebral cortex are constantly communicating and back and, and forth. Yes. Isn't... And they influence each other. Yes. So the limbic system and our emotional response is going to impact our reasoning and our ability to reason through it. And our, on the flip side, our reasoning is going to influence our emotional response. We 
are wired to be able to talk ourselves down. So that's why- We are also wired to be emotional. Yes, absolutely. So that's why Butch Connor, um, (laughs) the first thing he had was an emotional reaction. But when he was able to process a little bit through that, right? Because it, and that's a bit of a, like a dramatic example, right? But eventually it gets to his cerebral cortex and he's able to reason and he's able to say, hey, I need to calm down so that I can think. Well, and he was also even able to, in the, in the book, he was able to yell shark to everybody else that was in the water and save mm-hmm. everybody else. So not only did it benefit him, but being able to get his emotions and things in check is what allowed him to take care of other people. Yes, that's a good point. And so those two systems work and play on each other constantly. I think one of my favorite, I wish that we had a video or yeah, we had video that we could show everybody because I loved you drew me a little picture and you had the limbic system and the cerebral cortex and they just kind of bounced back and forth and circulated that information. I think that's a really good visual to help understand that. It's a good way to see it as a cycle, right? A cycle. That's a great word. So that hits our limbic system, then it's going to hit our cerebral cortex, and that's going to get back to our limbic system, right? So it's a cycle, and you can, you have a significant influence on your cerebral cortex and your ability to reason to influence those emotions, and you're able to Which is what allows us to work through. I wish you could see it. We're kind of like rocking back and forth as we're like (laughs) it goes from here to there to here to there the limit of this is i'm doing a lot of explaining with my hands that no one is getting the pleasure of seeing (laughs) one of these days we're gonna get our video we're gonna get video figured out one of these days we'll figure out this whole podcasting and one day not today not today not today Uh, so that's a really cool thing and so a lot of times you'll see um or you'll feel like oh i just need a second before I can, like, I just need to pause and breathe. That's why that's such a good, I was talking to Anthony, my husband, a little bit as I was preparing for today. And I was like, well, what do you do? How do you handle it? Like we were talking about what an emotional hijacking is. And he, and we had a long discussion about that. And he's like, something that helps kind of keep me or help me manage my emotions and get them under control is a lot of times you'll notice, so me, um, me stomping around, like being emotional. He said like, stomping? Yes, he did say stomping. Like brooding almost. Yes, he gets very broody. And he's like, he had a specific example of, like he was cleaning, and I say that, that was, there's quotes around that. Air quotes, cleaning. air quotes. He was like stomping around on the verge of breaking things. <laughs> as, he, as he found them at home? Yes, I don't know what he was mad about. I don't even remember. But, um... I apparently, I don't remember doing this. I was like, <laughs> okay, you need to, before you continue doing this, I just want you to stand there and breathe for a minute. And then you can start again. And he's like, honestly, that's all it took for me to be like, whoa, oh, I'm being really dramatic about this right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> his language was maybe a little bit different, but. He's got a different side of the story. Maybe we'll bring Anthony on as a guest and have him explain. But sometimes, and sometimes that that is all it takes, is giving yourself a beat to pause and just give it a chance for that information to really get to your reasoning center 
to be able to take over and manage those things so that you don't have an emotional hijacking. Yeah. And I, I think I would agree honestly with Anthony. And I think, um, last episode we kind of talked about how, how my score has changed. And I think that's one of those things that I've implemented is as I've felt those emotions come, um, I try to be more aware to those air quote negative emotions. But I think this is also such a great way to say, uh, we are literally wired to be emotional. There are no bad emotions. Like you are allowed to have these emotions. So I'm saying negative air quotes, but feel an emotion like anger Mm -hmm. or frustration and irritation and be like, (sighs) deep breath. Okay. Why is it that I am irritated or frustrated? Mm-hmm. And kind of find and identify that emotion mm-hmm. and then be able to be like, okay, I'm frustrated because a client missed a meeting or they didn't give me the feedback that I needed. And now all of a sudden I have a million changes to make and I just feel frustrated. And some of that's because I feel overwhelmed. Yes. Or like, and like, or you're planning a family oh dinner, my gosh. and now all of a sudden there's like seven more people showing up, and no one's showing up on time, and it's like, oh, I am so irritated with the situation <laughs> right now. And take a break, and be like, okay, why am I so irritated? Because things are not going to my plan. Is the plan actually important? No, it's really yes. not. Yes. Like, if people don't show up, <laughs> like, if people show up 15 minutes late, they show up 15 minutes oh. late, and that isn't... I have such a hard time. That is probably the one that I have the hardest. Like, it is way easier for me to look at the client situation and be like, okay, it's going to be okay. I'm going to work through this. just need to be flexible. But I'm also the person that when my day does not go according to plan, sometimes I just need to be mad about it for a minute and be like, this is not what I had going on. I just need to stew on it. And then I'm done. Yep. And that's okay. Because... We are emotional creatures. We are wired to be emotional creatures. You're okay to have emotions. You just... Currently, that's my favorite part of this. Don't let them take over. Like, you can't (laughs) let them hijack. And you can't act through your emotions. Reason first, then act. Which, uh, some of those examples were really good. We're talking about, oh, why am I so irritated? Um, There was a study, and I I don't think I found it in there to, like, quote where the study's from. I can't remember where we found it either. the point of the study is... It actually... They tested a whole bunch of people, and they filmed up... Actually, I lied. It is in this book. Yeah. I just couldn't find the source. Does it say... Oh, I don't see... Don't mind us. We're just doing a quick little search to see if we can find you the actual source for this test. Anyway, um, it found that... This test found that only 36% of people are able to accurately identify emotions as they happen. How crazy is that? That is not very many. Like a third of people, as you're having emotions, which we've established is constantly. All the time. Is an emotion. As they happen, you are literally having... a third of people can identify what's even going on at the time. Yes. And you are literally having emotions... Every single time something happens. Yeah. Every single time. There is no exception. That is the way that it has to happen. Yeah. That's and how only we're programmed. That's a how we're wired. Of people can accurately identify those emotions as they happen. So you're in a challenging situation. And like that sensory information comes in. Someone said something. 
whatever, that sensory information comes in, it hits your limbic system, you're flooded with an emotion. Odds are you don't even know what emotion you're being flooded with at the time. So now you're trying to manage a situation and manage an emotion to effectively solve whatever's going on. But you're man you're trying to manage an emotion and you don't you even just know said, what it is. And I was gonna say, you just said we're trying to manage an emotion that we have no idea what's happening. Yeah. We are not aware of. So um and that presents a huge challenge. So one of the first, I think, steps in becoming a more emotionally intelligent person is that portion that's self-awareness and being able to pause and reflect and identify what am I feeling right now? What is this emotion? Um, because we do, we have an emotional reaction to everything. And if we're having an emotional reaction to every situation that we're in, but we can't identify the emotion that we're having. You're not going to work through it. How are we going it? to effectively apply reasoning and effectively manage that emotion, manage ourselves, manage other you people won't. involved in that situation? Little, because the other part of that is... You won't. You have to understand your emotions, but you have to understand the emotions of others in this situation and manage their emotions too. That's the other part of the branches, right? Yeah, which is kind of crazy because if you think about it, if you... You can't self-reflect and identify what you're feeling. How can you expect to sit down and observe, like maybe observe, observe a room of people and accurately figure out what emotions are in the room? Or say you and I have a conflict. I can't identify my own emotions. How are you supposed to identify my emotions so that we can work through this conflict together? I can't. And so I can't, you're right. <laughs> that's where I think, you know, a lot of people aren't realizing the impact and the struggle that we're actually having with emotions and this deficit that is a lack of emotional intelligence. So our self-awareness and how we control that, which I think is kind of a good transition into what we're going to talk about next week which is kind of a breakdown of those different emotions right yeah so we literally have emotions running through us all the time all the time and what are those emotions and that's what we're going to talk about next time so we're going to go ahead and wrap up thanks for joining us it's been awesome i hope that you enjoy our little neurobiology session today and um, watch out great for lesson. sharks. Watch, watch out for sharks or sporting events, man. Thanks for joining us as we dive into emotional intelligence. If you have any questions or would like to keep up with more of our work, you can find us on Instagram at the Rockin EQ. That's the dot rockin dot EQ. We hope you enjoyed this episode, but before we go, show some love and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And stay tuned for more episodes on how emotional intelligence can help you.